Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Great to see you. So what I'm going to talk about tonight is the living with the power, step four. It's not the whole class. It's just an overview. The reason we're doing that is because some of you have already taken growth track. And so if we say there's a 3.0, you will think, oh, I missed it. I need to go take Holy Spirit. And if all of you show up to take Holy Spirit, then there won't be room for the new people. So basically, I did all of this in the series called I've Got the Power. Remember that? I've Got the Power. So if you missed any of that, you can go on to the archives and you can pick those up. So we say basically that Sometimes people say, you know, what kind of church are you? Well, we are a word and power church. Some churches say, you know, it's all about the word, the word, the word, the word. And in other churches, it's all about the spirit, the power. And, uh, you know, if the word works into that, fine. But we believe that New Testament church was a word and power church. That means we are fully committed to the functional authority of the Bible. We're fully committed. If it's not in the Bible, I don't want it, right? I mean, if it's not a biblical truth, I don't want it. So we say we're a church that we are committed to the functional authority of the Bible and the Christ-exalting operation of the Holy Spirit and all of the gifts of the Spirit. So what I'd like to do tonight is just ask some general questions. Number one, you have your notes there. Do you have... Do we have a good biblical reasons to believe the gifts of the Spirit are still valid for today? Yes, right? I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's some theologians who teach that once the apostles died, all the gifts ceased. But that's not true. It can't be. If you read church history, you'll find that after the apostles' death, in many places around the world, there was a continual operation of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we say, most definitely, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are valid for today. Number two, is there a difference, this is a question often, is there a difference in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism in or with. Both of those are good uh, either, describe, descriptions either way. So is there a difference in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit? Well, here's what the Scripture says. First of all, we know that baptism of the Holy Spirit refers to the Holy Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. Say, Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. That's really called conversion, right? So people, uh, I come out of a classic Pentecostal denomination, and uh, so they never taught that when you were saved or converted, you received the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so that was a a misnomer according to Scripture. Uh, When we get saved, it's the Holy Spirit that brings that awakening, convicts us, and births us into the body of Christ. Uh, So look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we are all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter your status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, 
oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. So Paul's understanding is that the Holy Spirit, when we come to Christ, because he draws us, then when we make a genuine conversion, not just words, but as we said a few weeks ago that we're following him, then he baptizes us into the body of Christ. And the difference is in the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, we're baptized by Jesus. Say baptized by Jesus. Matthew 3 and 11 says this, I baptize you with water. I, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon and he's greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even as his slave to carry his sandals. Read it with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Who's baptizing there? Jesus. Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. So in the first one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the church, into the body of Christ, right? In the second, Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. And there's the pattern. You can't jump this pattern. People want to jump the pattern. You're saved, you're baptized in water, and then you receive spirit empowerment. I don't care what Uncle Billy Bob says. That's the pattern in Acts of the New Testament church. People say, well, I'm not sure I need to be baptized. Well, take it up with Jesus if you get there. I'm not saying you have to be baptized in water to get to heaven. But I am saying to receive the power to be an overcomer, the pattern is that I become a believer, I'm baptized in water, and then I'm spirit empowered. You say, where's that in the Bible? I can show you many verses, but let me show you one. Acts 2 and 38. Each of you must what? Oh, you don't have that. Okay, let me give it to you. I thought, I thought you guys are full of the Spirit. You would just say right off. Each of you must repent of your sins. Say repent of your sins. Each of you must repent of your sins. That's the first step. And turn to God. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Saved, baptized. Not sprinkled, baptized. Jesus was not sprinkled. The disciples did not sprinkle. The Bible doesn't talk about sprinkle. It cost, talks about putting you under the water until you start gurgling for breath, and then we pull you back up. Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're going to receive power to live. Question three, can I expect, and if you have extra questions on these, go back and listen to I've Got the Power because I go in more detail in that. Number three, can I expect to speak in tongues when I'm baptized in or with the Holy Spirit? Speaking in tongues. Uh, that's a, a word that scares a lot, phrase that scares a lot of people off. But we shouldn't be scared since it's uh, in the New Testament. And since Paul said he wishes that all of us would speak in tongues. And that Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. 
But the reason a lot of people are put off by that is they've seen abuses in what happens in the regular church meeting in which there are unbelievers there that would be confused about what's going on. So praying, receiving your baptism in the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit prompts us with the ability to pray and praise in a heavenly dialect. It's when the Spirit enables us or prompts us to speak in a heavenly dialect. Some theologians say it's actually angelic language. It's angelic language. It's not English or German or something else. I mean, God can use that uh, in, in a way to minister to people. But it's a heavenly language, an angelic language. When God walked among men and talked to Adam and Eve, there was one language. What language do you think that was? American? Hebrew? Greek? No, it's heavenly language. It's heavenly language. And the day that man began to try to build a tower unto God, the Tower of Babel, God came down and said, I've got to confuse languages because this heavenly dialect gives you the ability to come in such unity that impossible things can be done. So he confounded the languages. And they was trying to tell, will you pick up that beam? But they were speaking in German. Somebody else was speaking in Swahili. Somebody else was speaking in Duwadidi. And so it's all of that. And so, so here they are. And then they began to go and all the dialects of the world. But then isn't it amazing when God pours out on the day of Pentecost? He pours out a new language that we can't figure out. You see, the reason some of you have problem with your prayer language is you're spending too much time trying to figure it out and just receive it as it is. It's a gift from God. So on the day of Pentecost, they all spoke in this heavenly language, heavenly language, and, 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 and throughout the book of Acts, you, you can see that. And, and in that particular day, many of them heard God speak to them through their own language. It was a supernatural gift. But after that, there were many times in which it was not a German or English or Hebrew or Greek, but it was a heavenly dialect. The Holy Spirit, here's what I believe, and I believe I can help you with this and with enough uh, backup. The Holy Spirit personally crafts or creates a special, unique language a special, unique language that enables you to speak to God in prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. That's why your prayer language doesn't necessarily sound like somebody else's. People say, well, theirs just sounds so, so, so different than mine. So what's wrong with different? We're all different. If you're trying to copy after someone, then it just only leads to confusion. And it's like any language, it increases through the years that you use it. You may start off at the beginning with just a few phrases. A child didn't come out of the womb and start walking and speaking in full syllables. What do they do? Dad, dad, mama, mine, right? I, I, I think it was in, I think it was in that. But as they grow, they grow in that ability. So as we grow in this language, it's a spirit-empowered capacity to speak meaningful words that's understood by God the Father, God the Son, 
God, the Holy Spirit. And if in a life group or a church service that it happens, then there should be an interpretation so that everyone is able to understand that, okay? We covered all of that in detail, and I've got the power. Now, number three, can I expect to speak in tongues? Okay, we talked about that. Uh, there are many passages. Now, let me be honest. Let me be right up front, which some of my Pentecostal heritage, they never do this. There are many references in the book of Acts where people are filled with the Holy Spirit and they do not speak in tongues, right? But then there are other places where they do. It's commonly, it commonly attends to being filled with the Spirit, but it's not the only evidence. So we don't make that a point of argument that would say, you only have your prayer language of the Holy Spirit if you speak in tongues. You can't argue that. That's not, that's not New Testament biblical. But neither do we need to be passive as though it's something we don't need to talk about. Sometimes people say, well, if you say that it's not, that uh, a person can have other evidences of the Holy Spirit if they don't speak in tongues, so then I'm just going to stay in that category. Excuse me. Why would you stay passive about something that Paul was so forceful when he said, I wish that every one of you would have this prayer language. So I'm thinking, why would I want to be passive? And I want to live in the power, right? Paul says, if you want to know where that verse is, Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Number four. What does Paul say is the purpose of our spiritual prayer language? Well, one of the primary reasons is so that it's a form of prayer, that it gives us power in our prayer. People will read book after book after book after book on how to increase the power of their prayer and overlook this gift that Jesus has sent us. Look at the verse. It may not be in your notes, but here it is. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And those mysteries are spoken to God. The word is mysterion, which is not like an Agatha Christie mystery that you don't know what it is to the end. It's mysterion. What was once a mystery is revealed by God. So in prayer... When you're praying in your personal prayer language, then mysteries, that, that things that you haven't been able to understand will begin to open and understand. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15 say this. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and uh, 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my understanding is fruitful. So should I just quit praying in my prayer language? Paul said, no, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll also sing with understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 and 28, Paul says, but if in a church service someone speaks out in a like a Sunday morning. I mean, this is a believer service tonight, so it's, it's different. 
if one is present who can interpret that if not then they must be silent in the church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately uh, also it's a means of edifying ourselves. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 Paul said he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself edify means build up charge your batteries so praying in your spiritual prayer language, and you say, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm praying this, but I don't even know what I'm saying. He just told you that. You're praying, but in your regular understanding, you don't know. But that doesn't mean you have to stop there. You can stop and say, Lord, I, I really don't know what I was praying about there, but it seemed really important. Can you give me insight to what I'm praying about? And then sometimes the Lord will reveal a picture, a word, or a thought to me of what I am. But I don't get so occupied in trying to figure out what I'm saying. Because you see, when I'm praying like this, I'm praying in stealth. The devil doesn't understand spiritual language. Doesn't understand spiritual language. I mean, your, your demons, not your demons, uh, your devils, that hangs around you and then you got your angels that hang around you that when you start praying in your prayer language your angels are nodding their head yeah yeah that's right that's good in spiritual heavens they know that. and then those devils are dang I can't believe it they're praying in their prayer language again I don't understand what they're saying what are they saying because you're speaking your spirit is speaking directly with God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit and you're building yourself up and encouraging yourself and maybe the Holy Spirit is praying oh my what a good person this guy is because he loves you Lord with all of his heart and you don't even know what you're saying but the Holy Spirit is recharging your batteries also it's a form of praise I can I can praise him on my spiritual language or uh, more beautifully I can sing a song to him in my spiritual language praying in tongues is also an instrument for spiritual warfare Paul said that we can pray in the spirit praying in the spirit also compensates for my weakness because sometimes I don't know how to pray as I ought but the scripture says that he, the Holy Spirit, notice what is the heart and the mind of God. And he prays through us, sometimes with just a groan. So, number five. Are tongues to be used in one's private devotional prayer life? Well, yes. Paul said that he exercised his prayer life with the Holy Spirit more than anybody else, he said. 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, he said, I thank my God... I speak in tongues more than you all. That's, that's some pretty big bragging there. I speak in tongues more than you all. And he's talking about his private devotion. But yet in church, I would rather speak five words with understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Wow. So the question is, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I want to live with power. I want the spiritual gifts that I have and my, uh, my motivational gifts to be motivated with power. I don't want to just go around in my own strength and in my own power. So how do I get to this place that I can live with this power gift that Jesus gives? First of all, how do I receive? By number one, by faithful expectation 
by faithful expectation in Jesus Christ. Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus and the promises for you to your children and to all who are far off for all whom the Lord God will call. The Bible says repent for this gift is to you, to your children and to anybody who ever lives on this planet earth until the Lord comes back. It's a promise for you. So we're going to live in a faithful expectation that what Jesus promised, Andrea said in the song a while ago, what he promised, it's already done and it will be done. And then in Acts 19, Acts 19, verses 4 through 6, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? When you got saved, when the Holy Spirit came in, did you, did you receive this fullness? And they answered, no. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said, well, we were baptized with John's baptism. And they replied, they replied, and Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were baptized on the belief that John the Baptist was saying the Messiah is coming, right? But now the Messiah has come, Jesus. So he takes them out, even though they were baptized in water, as unto John's baptism of the coming of the Messiah. Now, because Jesus has come, they take them out. There's the pattern again. They baptize them in water. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. So how? By faithful expectation in Jesus Christ. Number two, by obedience to Jesus Christ. Acts 5, 29 through 32. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead. We are witnesses of those things. So is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. To those who do what? Obey him. Obey him. And then thirdly, by asking in prayer. I mean, this is really hard, isn't it? This is really difficult. Luke 3 says, verses 21 and 22, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And when he was praying, the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. Jesus was praying and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Luke 11, 9 through 13 says this, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, find. And he who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, listen to this, if you then being evil or fleshly parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, your Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. I believe that the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, as Jesus said, you will be baptized in or with, is not just an evidence of the coming of the Holy Spirit, but it's also a resource for us, a resource. So what are my next steps? Well, I need to ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to me tonight. And then, if I have not received my personal prayer language, uh, speaking in tongues, receiving your personal prayer language, the language of heaven, all of those are phrases that deal with the same thing that we look on here in the Bible of receiving this gift that Jesus sends. So I'd like for us to pray tonight. I'd like for everybody to stand if you don't mind. And now some of you, and keep your notes out because there's a verse there that I'm going to lead you in and I'm going to throw this mic halfway across the church. The thing is in, the thing is tight, there's nothing else I can do, okay? All right. So we're going to pray this prayer at the beginning, at the very end of that. But before we pray, I want you just to close your eyes and I want you to stand there. And I want to pray for you first. Then I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Then the service is not over. We're going to uh, commission Simone, and we're going to be ordaining Pastor, Pastor Chris tonight, okay? Come out, you devil. I'm sorry, I broke your concentration, didn't I? Our hits. Father, we come tonight, and even those that are watching online, we come from a lot of backgrounds. We've had a lot of teaching that come into our life and into our heart. Lord, we just looked at straight scripture tonight. That you don't want us in life to just get by. You want us to live with and in the power. So Lord, I'm going to lead us tonight in prayer. And I'm going to ask you if there's anyone here tonight that's never received their personal prayer language. I'm going to ask you, Lord, to baptize them in that tonight. As Acts chapter 2 says, the Holy Spirit enabled them, or the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. Those of you that already have your prayer language, I'd like for you to just begin praying very quietly, just, just very quietly to, to yourself there. You can give voice to it if you want. Those of you who've never received your prayer language, and you're, you're open tonight, we don't force anybody. You say, you know what? I need extra power. I need extra power, and, and I will agree with you in what the scriptures have said tonight. So in your notes there, there's the prayer, and I would like for you to pray it with me. It's right there for you. Would you read it with me? Those of you, the rest of you, just keep praying in your prayer language. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I am a believer. I am your child. You are my Father. Jesus is my Lord. I believe with all my heart that your word is true. Your word says, if I will ask, I will receive the Holy Spirit. So in your name, Jesus, my Lord, I'm asking you to fill me to overflowing with your precious Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me 
in, Holy Spirit. Because of your word, I believe that now I receive and I thank you for it. I believe the Holy Spirit is within me and by faith I accept it. Now, Holy Spirit, rise up within me as I praise God. I fully expect to speak with other tongues as you give me the utterance. Now, I'd like for us to all just lift our hands to the Lord, and I'd like for us to just to pray out in our spiritual prayer language. And we've explained that tonight, so it's not a, a, something that would surprise you. It's not something we do on Sunday mornings, but this is a believer's meeting tonight. And I'd like you to just release that prayer language that you have. It, it, it doesn't have to sound like anybody else's. Just release that right now. Let's just stir it up. Church, just stir up. Stir up uh, the gift that is within you right now in the name of Jesus. Just stir up that gift right now in the name of Jesus. Roma que se te we praise you. Maybe you want to sing out in the Spirit. Sing a, sing a new song to the Lord. But let's just take just a few seconds and just magnify God and thank God for this. And as you're standing there, the Scripture says, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. How do you speak English? phrases and words come into your mind and what do you do you give voice to that and it's the same way with receiving your spiritual prayer language you just as a holy spirit drops a word or a thought or a phrase you just speak that out you just speak it out you just speak it out you just speak it out to get the power and the strength that you need for your life i just pray in jesus name 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 well, would you say this with me, church? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. And I'm ready, and I'm open. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build.